0: Rick is teaching from Ephesians 5, 21 today, and it goes like this, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So uh, I had the distinct pleasure this weekend of going to what's called the normal pastor's conference. Um, A lot of pastor's conferences are are big, bold, very expensive, um, firework-type displays, and this one was... Uh, a normal pastor's conference. There's very little fanfare. There's very few people there. Uh, not a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance. And it was, it was really cool. Um, Friday night and then yesterday till about noon. And lots of things that I took away from it. But one of the things that a guy was talking about yesterday, he said, the Bible is a book about a family. And I stopped and I thought about that. The Bible is a, is a book about a family. Um, and uh, that, that sat with me and I, and I hope, it's a very simple statement and, and I don't know that it was meant to be that profound when the guy said it but um, it is, it's very profound especially um, in light of I think our context and where we are as a church and where we're headed as a church and our past and our future and our present and our just our context with everything um, and um, the cool part about that that idea that the Bible is a book about a family, is in light of, of where we are as a church. As we start this morning, a new series um, out of the Book of Ephesians, and you can see the the logo that's there. This is uh, a letter to the church. So, um, do I'll do more background next week. And this week we're just kind of at the end of the book, um, talking about one simple verse that I think is sort of the hinge verse of the entire book. But generally, the book of Ephesians is written by by Paul. It's a letter that he wrote to a very particular church in a city called Ephesus. And Ephesus was a very important city culturally, economically, socially, all those things. Ephesus was very important. And so he writes it to a particular church as instructions for that church to be a church. And so the kind of the... the uh, the, the place that that will be and, and kind of the perspective we'll take is taking the book of Ephesians as instructions for that church, and kind of apply them as instructions for us. Uh, we'll begin in earnest next week, but this week we start with just that one simple verse. But I want to say this is instructions for the church, and it's not just instructions for the church. We can take them as very specific instructions for us and the perspective that Paul takes the given that Paul gives here is that he's talking to a group of people that are committed to a particular local church. And so when I say he wrote the the letter to a church in Ephesus, it's the church in Ephesus. Like today we've got First Baptist Church of this, First Presbyterian Church of that, and and this church and that church, and, and different names for churches, and there's like we could go within probably fifty churches within ten miles of here or more. In this culture, it's different than that. It, there's one church in this city; it's the church at Ephesus, and and there is a an understood thought from the readers of this letter that there's a a commitment to the local church. So I I want us to to see that and know that, not just for today, but for the next 12 weeks where we're going to be studying this book. So Ephesians 5.21, Kelly just read it, very short verse, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. There are two key words that I want us to land on here, submitting and reverence. Um, And this word submitting is the Greek word hupotasso, hupotasso. Ben gets special points because he's got this word tattooed on his wrist. Um, talk to Ben about why he got that tattoo on his arm. But this Greek word, hupotasso, the depth of this word, it, it means to submit, to give yourself up. But the, there's, there's a nuance and a depth to the word. It means to willingly place yourself under another. Um, it's most often used outside of biblical language, this Greek word, was is most often used in biblical in the Greek outside of the Bible in the context of a military term. So we think of uh, colonels and sergeants and privates and generals and all of that stuff. That's for for this word would be to willingly to have a rank higher, but to willingly submit or willingly take yourself and place yourself under another. That makes sense. Um, so. Uh, I want to show you a, a clip of one of my one of my favorite. Uh, I don't know what it is. It, it's not a movie. It's not a TV show. It's kind of a, a mini series of sorts called Band of Brothers. It was out, uh, I don't know, fifteen years ago or so. And in it, the kind of the main character is uh, a guy named Richard Winters, and he is from the beginning. He's a, he's he's not a very high ranking officer, but at the end, he's like uh, almost at the, the top of the chain. Um, but in the scene you're about to see, they have get, been given instructions. Winters is leading a unit, and they've been giving instructions that just over this hillside is a large group, larger than them, well, more well armed than them. Group of, of German soldiers that they're trying to they've they've got to defend a, an area, and so they've got to take these people out. So what they're going to do is really push and really focus on these people that are more in number and more in, in weapons than them. But they have this element of surprise. So Winters has decided here's how we're going to do this. He's going to take the lead to run over this hill and see all, where all these German soldiers are. He's going to take the lead and lead his small band of people, and they're really up against it. And the, the, the thing that I, I want you to see and understand is the, the, the pictures. He's going to be running out in front of everyone. And he was fully within his rights and with his rank and everything to say, hey, Joe, you're going to be the guy running over the hill, not me. But he takes the lead to do that. He's defining hupotasso. So uh, Abram, roll that if you would. So um, Winters is willingly placing himself into harm's way for the sake of those around him. And this clip could be given for, a, for the context of, of leadership, but I don't want you to see that. I want you to see Hupatasso here. I want you to see willingly placing himself under another for the sake of the other. His rank allows him the opportunity to command someone else to sacrifice, but instead he sacrifices himself. Um, and this idea is clear throughout all of Scripture. Um, one of the calls of the Christian life, foundationally, is to live a sacrificial life. When Jesus is nearing the end of his life, he gathers his disciples to him. Uh, just before he goes to pray in the garden and then just before he goes to die on the cross, he gathers his, his closest people, the people that he's giving, investing his life in, that he's going to leave with the legacy of the church and he says this to them. This is John 15, 12 and 13. This is my commandment. And I want you to hear that. This is my commandment. This is Jesus telling, giving people a command. And I, I understand here in this context, when you hear the word command in a religious context, you're like, your, your shoulders bow up and like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Um, I want to talk about that in a second, about what a command is from Jesus. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Hear that. Hear Jesus saying to you, I love you. I love you. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. Like I think at the core of every single one of us, we want to be loved. I think if we strip away our pretense, we want to be loved. And here is the one who created love as a concept saying the greatest way for you to love someone is to lay down your life for his friends, greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends and again, see the context. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, "I love you, and greater love has no one than this than someone would lay down his life for his friends and they didn 't know at that point that in about two days Jesus would literally die for their sake, and then two thousand years later. Jesus is calling us to live sacrificial lives. It's the command of Jesus for your life. Also understand this. The commands of Jesus are not do this or else. And that's what, like I said a minute ago, we kind of bow up when we hear the word command. I'm commanding you to do this. We kind of bow up and, and rebel against that. I know there's, there are rule followers and there are rule breakers that are here listening to us. But I want you to know this. Jesus' commands are not do this or else. They're more than that. They are when you do this, you're living the way that I've created you and intended you to live. And your joy, your happiness is found in following the commands of Jesus. It's not do this or you're gonna get punished. It's do this and you're gonna receive what I intend for you. God's design for you. Listen, God's design for you is to live a sacrificial life. The most self-interested thing that you can do is sacrifice for someone. And that flies against everything that our capitalistic nation tries to feed us. But the most sacrificial thing, the most self-interested thing that you can do is it's a sacrifice. Paul gives similar instructions in Philippians when he says, in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Look, let each one of you look not only to his own interest, but in the interest of others. Um, sometimes in the midst of a sermon, I'm, I understand what's happening here. I'm standing in front of you talking for 20 to 30 minutes or so, and you can come and go, but I want you to come in here and see the simplicity of this. To sacrifice for someone is to be like Jesus. It's the essence of being a Christian. Let that idea guide everything that you do. We have a world full of bad Christians. You have one standing in front of you right now. But Jesus has just commanded us and Paul has affirmed it and Paul will affirm it again in Ephesians 5. We're going to detail that. But at the heart of the life of the Christian, at the heart of, of the life of a Christian is sacrifice. Not looking to your own interest but in the interest of others. It's so simple. To sacrifice for someone is to be like Jesus is the essence of being a Christian. Um, but I want to transition a bit back to Philippians 5, submitting to one another, sacrificing to one another. So this idea of of sacrificial love that Jesus has talked about and that Paul has talked about is a big, broad thing, how we interact in the world. But Paul's instruction here for the church, Paul's instruction for this church is different. It's, It's very specific. So it's a to sacrifice as a general thing, but also Paul is calling us as North Church to live sacrificial lives among each other. Part of what it means to be part of a church and part of what it means to be a part of this church is to live sacrificially, to serve, to submit, to willingly place yourself under Others, I want you to stop for a second and look around the room. Stop and look around the room. These are very specific instructions for this church. The most self-interested thing that you can do is serve the people around you. Serve the people here. Place your desires below their desires. Is there a place that needs help? Serve there. Yes, there are lots of places here that need your help. Serve there. Is there a person here that needs what you have? Let me say that again. Is there a person here that needs what you have? Give it to them. Willingly place yourself under. This is... Like, I think there's a struggle in my soul for who North Church is. And I think my personality... Wants to critique her. When I say her, I mean North Church. My personality wants to critique her. My comparative nature wants to compare her to others. But there's a beauty about this place. There's a beauty about our season and our size and our people and our station. Is that no church that I can think of is, is more ready to live this out than this one. And again... Paul's writing to a group of people from the assumption that we are all here together, committed to following Jesus together. Committed. And here, this hinge verse, Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, it gets to this idea to place your desires below their desires. Is there a person here that needs what you have? Give it to them. Is God calling you, igniting a passion, piquing your curiosity to serve in some way? Do it. Serve your neighborhood. Serve your school. Call others alongside of you. Like the people that you just looked at, this idea of, of serving each other is like somebody has, a, has an, an intimate connection with someone in their neighborhood who's got a need. And they need your help to serve them. This is what it means to be a church. And this is where God is calling us. And not because I told you to, but because Jesus told you to. More than that, not because I told you to or because Jesus told you to, but your joy, your happiness is at stake. Like, do you know that God put in you A desire to be happy, to be joyful. God put that in you. Sometimes we, like, especially in in this church, we talk about our sin a lot and we talk about repentance a lot. And so we we lean to this sort of whipping of ourselves and and this sort of discouragement. But there's there's a godly design to the pursuit of your happiness. And... The most self-interested thing, the most joy-chasing, happiness-chasing thing that you can do is to serve people. And in particular, serve the people that are in this room. And the people that are usually in this room just happen to be today. That brings us to the second word in this verse, reverence. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's really a phrase that I want to look at, out of reverence For Christ. We're going to spend a lot of time in the next five weeks talking in depth about this idea out of reverence for Christ. But at the heart of it is because of what Jesus did, you can do this. Um, The heart of this phrase is this it's on the screen because Jesus did, you can too. He's your strength. Because Jesus did, you should too. He's your example. So all of this serving, all of this big picture, what it means to be a Christian, and then smaller picture, what it means to be in a church about submitting and willingly placing yourself under the needs of another, all of that is rooted and grounded and gets its growth from the fact that Jesus did it first. First. Jesus already said in, in John 15 that I read to you that he loves you. He loves you so much that even when you are in rebellion against all that he is, he loved you. Even though you did nothing to clean yourself up or make yourself attractive or worthy, he loved you. You did nothing, and he loved you. You had nothing that he wanted from you, and yet he loved you. I mean... Like, let that sink in. Who do you love? Probably someone, the people that you love the most. They're either really attractive to you, or they have something, they give something to you. And think about Christ. You are not attractive to him, and you had nothing to offer him. And the greatest love that, a, that man could ever do is to lay down his life, and that's what Jesus did. His life and his death has created the church. People willingly laying themselves down for the sake of another who cannot give to them is the most Jesus-y thing that you can do. And isn't that, isn't that the point? Again, Jesus calls you to sacrifice in general, but this instruction, he's calling you to very specifically give yourself away in the context of this church. When we serve, sacrifice, and love, and submit out of reverence for Christ because of what he did, because of the way and means in which he loved us, we begin to love And live and serve in a supernatural way think about who you're in real lasting community with and then think about why you're in community with them think about the the closest relationships that you have likely those closest relationships may be built on the gospel but they're probably the gospel plus something right? They're probably the gospel plus we have kids the same age, or they're the gospel plus we enjoy watching this, or we enjoy doing this, or we're the, the gospel plus we live in the same area, or we're the gospel plus something. The kind of community that I think Paul is talking about in Ephesians when he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ— Not submit to one another out of anything else. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ means that we serve and love and connect and and be with each other because Jesus and it's that becomes this sort of supernatural community. And I think when the church and when I think this church is at her best we're living in supernatural community, not you look like me community. Um Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ means this. Willingly placing yourself under the others in this room because Jesus did it for you. And in so doing, you find your joy and your purpose. Um, Next week uh, is our... We'll start from Ephesians 1, and I'll have... We'll talk about... In our, our family meeting, we'll we'll talk more about this, and um, I want you to can, to begin to pray this week about what that what commitment might look like. Um, I think uh, that we are on the brink of. I, I just I really let me let me just be. Look out! He just closed his computer. Um, this week on Monday I was at a a Plant Midwest conference and it's a other local church planters gather together to be enriched and learn and pray and connect together and every time at those conferences how you doing how's your church doing and people lie all the time Um, and we get to like, we don't know what to ask each other, so we ask, hey, how, how's budget, how's attendance, and, and those things. And then I went to a conference this weekend, Friday night and Saturday. I got to hang out with one of my best friends in the world. Um, spent the night at his place Friday night. And uh, we're talking, and, and you're engaged with people at these conferences, and, and you're talking, and you just start to think about, and, and every answer to the question, how's your church doing, is all superficial. All of it. And it, when you think about the, the superficial nature of that question and you think about how we would, how I would answer the question about the superficialities, the how North Church is doing, it's not good. Like, there's like 35 people or more who went to church here this time last year who don't, this right now. And... Our, our people and our service and our budget all reflects that. But when, when you get down to the Ephesians sort of stuff, the, the, the not gospel plus sort of community, the, the, the supernatural sort of community, there's, there's a value, there's a beauty to what could be here. And I, and I think that we're in a better place than we've been in a really, really long time. Because of the potential of that. And and what, what I'm going to call us all to in the midst of this Ephesians five. No, that's that's wrong. What I what I think that that God is leading me to call us to. What God is leading us to call us to is a is a commitment to following Jesus hard, the way that He's called us to and commanded us to. Um, and I'm I'm super excited about it. And next week, especially during the family meeting, we're going to really talk about what that means. So, um, I want to ask you to, to do your best to be here next week and do your best to stay for the family meeting. And I know that there are children and sleep schedules and yada, yada, yada. I'm asking you to tough it. All right. Um, and you may have stuff to do in your life that makes you not want to wake up on Sunday morning and come here. I'm asking you to skip whatever that is. Because submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ is the absolute call for your life. And I want to I bring us to that point. Because God intends for us to live in this sort of supernatural community. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say, so let's pray. God, thank you. Um, thank you for this place, thank you for these people. Thank you for this season of life of this church. And thank you for the gospel message that you love us. Even when we were dead in our sin, and even when we were in rebellion towards you, you loved us. God, and may we live our lives in this community and in this church From that place, Father. God, I pray that you would ignite the passions of each of us. God, I pray that you would show us what it means to to commit to you and to this thing that you've created called the church. God, I just pray for each of us that you would open our eyes to what it is that you're calling us to. God, and I pray that the vision that you give us when you've opened our eyes to what you're calling us to would be bigger than anything we could ever ask or imagine because you are bigger than anything we could ever ask or imagine. And relationship and life with you is beautiful. God, I pray against the lies of the enemy in these moments, Father, Father, They will tell us it's not a big deal or other things about what's happening here, Father. I pray that you would even inspect my heart, Father, and why I'm seeking to call us to commitment to you. God, I pray that you would purify our motivations boil them down to the foundation and essence of submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ got to pray that we would outdo one another in serving got to pray that your truth would ring in our ears Thank you for your beautiful son, Jesus. His life and his death and his resurrection that is both our example and our motivation. It's in his perfect name that I pray. Amen.